0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today, we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story.
1: story. So, as a continuation of what we were last talking about before, how would you create a good NPC, like a good NPC backstory for like a good hero?
0: Yeah, and so the same thing with the the villain. the The hero needs to obviously be the hero of their own story as well, which. And you were going to kind of hint at Marvel, so I'll let you talk about that for a second. But let's just be honest. If you were to examine the hero of these comic books' actions, for the most part, they're actually pretty villainous. Mm -hmm. When, I mean, not always, but at certain moments, they cross a line. That I mean, at least kind of—I really hated this movie, but Marvel's, like, Avengers Civil War kind of dealt with. Mm-hmm. Although I thought they had the two parties on the wrong side of the Captain America should have been with the government, not not Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark with the government is weird. But anyway, but the point was they were both doing horrendous acts against one another because of an ideological issue. And if you think mm-hmm. about it, the whole thing kind of begins with, um, like, this huge showdown and the whole town gets kind of destroyed— and uh, it's like, oh, hey, you're welcome, we fixed everything. And it's like, well, how much damage would the thing have done if you just let it go? Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of reminds me of the scene in um, Team America, the very beginning scene in Team America, which is the 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 puppet uh thing from the guys of the South Park, so that'll yes. tell you. Well, anyway, there's a thing, like, there's a terrorist attack, and Americans show up in Paris, and they stop the terrorist attack, but they destroy the Eiffel Tower, and they pretty much just blow up all of Paris, and they're like, you're welcome. And to a certain degree, certain heroes feel like, you're welcome. Yep. Or in that same thing, trying to
1: stop terrorists, they, like, blow up those Sphinx as well. They blow up everything.
0: But, like, look at all the Superman comic books. Superman like literally destroys entire towns trying to stop this evil, but the question is what would this evil have actually done? Because honestly, the evil only showed up because Superman was there. Uh-huh. So like all these innocent people die like, not because super not because Superman was stopping evil, but because Superman literally attracted evil. Like, Same thing. Everyone goes to Batman's uh group. Everyone goes to Gotham City. Why? Cuz Batman's there. We got to go kill Batman. Yeah. If Batman moved, Gotham City's crime rate would drop. Or or
1: if uh, uh Bruce, the ulterior Bruce Wayne just use his vast amount of money to bring up the population to some sort of actual living, living wage you would probably see a lot of the petty crime drop which would drop a lot of the crime lords because they don't have the people but what would he do what would he do Batman like Batman would
0: have to read a book now
1: his whole entire job is to stop evil. The best way to do that is not by throwing Just one person into Arkham, horror, into Arkham Asylum at, at at a time.
0: Yeah, well, and then of course they always escape. So yeah, he needs to like, he needs to fund Arkham Asylum better, and he needs to bring up the poverty level, and yes, he'll be fine. Like minus minus uh, socialist Doomsday, Batman. <laughs> the best way to deal with a lot of the stuff in there was not to. Bl- but Doomsday, the only reason why Doomsday came to Metropolis was because Superman was there. Because Doomsday wanted to kill Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, anyway, same thing with Lobo. And Anyway, uh, anyway, I'm not going to – DC is yeah. not my but, favorite. But Marvel has the same sort of problems. also,
1: but, going back on track, so how do you describe Batman? He watched his parents get murdered by a criminal, so he yep. spent his whole entire life trying to fight crime. Exactly. Superman. Is an alien from another planet who just got raised by good
0: Christian morals in, yep. this, in yeah, the rural like Ohio world. or something. Yeah. yeah, so of course he's going to be good. He's the Ohio Jesus, and I'm not. I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean I literally saw an anthropologist say that Superman is like mm-hmm. the American Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the Flash was a cop, so he has a lot of the same cop morals. Yeah. So to be honest, these good NPCs, in the same way as with the villains, I like to have something like a three-sentence-or-less three type of backstory that defines it. I do like to give them flaws. I like to give them the Achilles' heel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Achilles' heel actually is a really good example. So Achilles was a Greek um, man who was told by—because he was a half-god. He was a demigod. But if he was dipped in the pool of this one sort of water that he river would be Sphinx. in. Yeah. Oh, the river Sphinx. Right. Yeah. If he was dipping the river Sphinx, he would be invulnerable. So his mother took him there and dipped him all but his heel, which she was holding. But, but a double dip in, in,
1: in the water would kill him. Yep. So it was this thing of how to get the most surface area without re-dipping it. Exactly.
0: So the idea was to hold him by the heel of his, like. The smallest part of him. Yep. And drop him into the thing and pull him back out. So at that point. Now he's invulnerable except for one little area. So every hero needs an Achilles heel. I think every hero, especially if they're going to be a long-term good hero, they might have a backstory or a hidden um, piece that if the secret came out, you realize how not good this person really is. Because no one is good and no one is evil. We're all a mix of a shade of gray. And so, you know, the guy who is giving a ton of money to orphanages and stuff, may also be embezzling money from his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... People are multifaceted. Or, uh, yeah, like the whole entire Justice League, their Achilles heel
1: and a fast broad stroke is they've seen other, alternative, uh, other realities of them basically become dictators. Yeah. But they don't see the hubris in having government oversight. They hate Cadmus, even though the like, Cadmus is trying to prevent that. And the only one on there is Batman. Hence yeah. the contingency plans that also almost get them killed. Yeah.
0: The the real issue there is it's like, we're, we won't fall. Well, how do you know that? Until you succumb to mind control, like every other comic book series. But even then <laughs> though, even then, even uh, every good person, right? They have all mm-hmm. this power. Power does corrupt. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely is the statement. So What is happening with your good NPCs where power is slowly corrupting them over time? Yeah. Or what happens if somebody figures out their Achilles heel, doesn't strike at it, but threatens to expose it if they're not given certain privileges, power, money, Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever that looks like. So you could easily slowly twist your good NPCs into being, quote unquote, evil people, not because they're destroying the world or anything. But they're allowing the conditions to exist that allow the villain to raise up. You have the same sort of thing happen to a certain degree. And I hate to give this example, but um, you're starting to see it in the Harry Potter and Fantastical Beasts, right? Where Dumbledore and Grendelwald have basically the idea here is – so here you go. So, J.K. Rowling, for as much as she's transphobic, is okay with homosexuals. So, she made Dumbledore a homosexual, revealed he was, and then she had them basically in a somewhat subvert relationship with mm-hmm. Grendelwald. And it's kind of revealed in the movie. It's definitely revealed in some of the books when you start realizing that's happening. Well, Grendelwald and Dumbledore won't fight each other. Well, it's because Dumbledore believes that they made a pact and the pact that because it was made in good faith can't be broken. They made a blood pact. Well, the problem was Grendelwald probably didn't make the pact in good faith. Therefore, it can be broken at any time. Um, but since Dumbledore doesn't know that and he made his in good faith, he can't directly confront Grendelwald and fight him. So you could have a situation where in your own game, the good guy and the bad guy are have some sort of relationship. They could be brothers. They could be parents. They could be fine lovers. I don't care what you want we to do with a, it. Good. We 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 had an episode not long ago where we had all of the good
1: people in the in the realm were directly caused the villains fall. So yes. they didn't want to do anything about it because they felt like they had done too much. Right. So then it was up to the NPCs to deal with it. So you could actually have your good people because of
0: actions or because of blackmail have to
1: turn a bl- blind eye to this.
0: Right. Or not- they, they inadvertently caused the thing and they feel like they're guilty over it. They feel yeah. guilty. So they don't want to do anything else. Um, the other thing you can do, and this is a game that you just brought up to me before we recorded this one. So Matt had a really cool game. Um, again, our brother-in-law, we've had on the show like a month or two ago. He um had this great idea for uh kind of the elf, elvish civilization has fallen. There's demons in the world. That's all we need to talk about. But there were three factions trying to fix it. And one faction had basically kind of succumbed to the same power that the the dark people were using, but he had twisted it in his own way. So he was trying to infect everybody with his solution. And it really was like worms. an infection. It was worms. Everybody
1: became worm vessels, basically, was the but the with terminology him, was
0: parasite. Was, but you with you him controlling the of yeah, the parasite. Yeah. But he was controlling the parasite. So it was like this weird like hive mind thing where he can then get the elvish civilization back. But in reality, he would be the sole mind of it. There was another person, and everything, all their power was uh, basically attached to a relic, if you will. It was a tree. It's a tree. And a tree. that tree was being fed upon by the demons and weakening, which is why the elvish civilization was weak. So this one guy, he broke his allegiance, his power from that tree, and was creating another one. Yeah. But it's going to be a long haul, long like, burn. Like millennia. Millennia. We'll get back to where we were. Well, not even, no. Like million years to get back to where they were. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. his solution was, yeah, I just got to wait it out.
1: I just got to keep my power long enough to hold against everything until I bring it back. Yeah. And then the final faction created thralls and did this weird blood magic in terms of, like, we're were just going to keep... Slicing our followers who have no minds. We're going to keep dro- dropping their blood into this giant pot, yep. and then one day we'll have enough magic to take over the tree again.
0: To to cleanse the tree with all the you know thousands of generations of our own people's also a lot burn, but not
1: nearly as bad as the tree. But it was this fun thing of we were powerless in this world, yep. really. And then who do we align with? Because two of them is probably going to be not a good outcome for us and one of these guys doesn't care about
0: us because we're going to be long dead before that tree even works because that was the other piece too is that because all of our magic was all of us were connected to the one tree that was dying the lifespan of an, of a typical elf was now in like the 50 or 60 year mark not the millennia mark or the forever mark so at the end of the day like it didn't matter which faction we chose it was really just a matter of, do you want to die of old age, or do you want to be turned into worms and never die, but you're not really or you anymore? Or all for the next 50 years, getting drained of your blood. Until you finally die of old age. And it was a fun little thing, but it just showed you, like, these are your heroes. These are the three factions that saw what it could be and are trying their best to make the best of a bad situation. Or. And these are your heroes. Or. Or, or, or we could have been with the
1: dwarves who were perpetually fighting
0: the uh, War of Attrition with the demons and losing. But we did not speak their language, so I mean, we really couldn't <laughs> be with them. So it was like this really, like, downer RPG, which was really kind of cool, though. Um, but that said, I like to have my NPCs very varied, and that's a great example of three NPCs with with the exact same goal, but three very different ways to achieve it, and none of which are good. Like. Mm-hmm. Cultivating your own tree is the best good action there was. But nobody's going to be there. It's so him. long. It's so long to do that it doesn't, like, it doesn't help anybody in, you know, for a million years. It doesn't matter. So that said, just give your NPCs a little bit of nuance. Don't think of them as a one or a two dimensional character, just like you don't think about your villains as that. But they don't also need a page backstory. They need like three or four sentences that'll help remind you what kind of a weird backstory they have. So I'd give them like two sentences that describe them, one sentence that describes their flaw. And that would be how I would do all that. And then over time, I'd start twisting them or not, depending on what I needed to do, to create a very, I think, fun little world that your players can interact with. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.